What was good and provided for me, I still struggled to develop self-confidence. Right. You know, I think a lot of that is misunderstood. It's not talked about in a sense that it's a skill you can develop. You yes. just absorb it from the people around you, right? You see how they interact, you see. And so if you're constantly around role models that also haven't quite figured that out, you tend to struggle with it also. And what that created for me was a complete overpowering need to people, please. I was so terrified of rejection. I was so terrified that um, if I didn't do what somebody else wanted, it would be considered unkind. And I was raised to be kind, like always show kindness, always show love. And I, I still believe that to this day, okay. but then learning that you are able to set healthy boundaries and to do, and that is still also kindness and love as opposed to being able to just bend to whatever people say or want because you're so afraid you're going to upset them or be rejected by them. And so um, having that mentality at that age of, I just have to please everybody I, when I launched in early adulthood and had an opportunity to do some international modeling, okay, um, it created a very unhealthy ecosystem for me because I was surrounded by so many things that were not within my value system. Mm. But I was so determined that I wanted to please all these people around me. Okay. It, it, I found myself very out of alignment and it was made me incredibly miserable and it created a um, situation where I had unknowingly tied my entire self-worth to a weight, to a body image, to, you know, external X, Y, Z. And then when life shifted and that came crashing down, I thought I was worthless. I went into this dark pit of like, woe is me. I have no value to offer the world anymore because I am no wow. longer, you know, 110 pounds and what these people tell me is good enough. And so it was being able to kind of like um, reclimb out of that hole to create um, self-value to find myself again mm-hmm. and um, to, to put it forth in the world because I started recognizing so many other people were struggling with similar issues. So, yes. And you know, myself, I'm a recovering perfectionist and, uh, some people pleasing that's involved, you know, in that as well. And so with the recovering perfectionism and then the people pleasing and all of an approval addiction, you know, they all there, uh, together, kind of like Absolutely. in the same family, so to speak, right? <laughs> and uh, like with that approval addiction, you know, that comes in, the love and approval addiction comes in from that seed of rejection being implanted in your soul unknowingly. You mm-hmm. see what I'm saying? And so then, like you say it, you end up carrying this weight that you don't even realize you have, you yeah. know? And it makes me think about even in the scriptures, when the disciples uh, were with Jesus and Jesus, you know, say, well, you know, do what they are telling you to do, but don't do what they are uh, doing. You know, when he was telling them about the Pharisees, right? It's mm-hmm. okay to go ahead and follow what it is they're telling you to do because they sit in the seat of Moses, but don't, uh, he said, but don't do what they're doing because they were hypocritical. And he started mm-hmm. to tell them about them tying up weights on people. 
you know, so it's like it's easy as far as the one, two, three for salvation, but they wanted to give all of this extra stuff, you know, and they walked around wearing these elongated uh, tassels on their prayer shawls and then wearing scripture verses hanging from their wrist and from their head over enlarged boxes, those phylactery boxes. So it's like they were putting the weights on people. And so when it comes to the perfectionism and the people pleasing and approval addiction, we're putting weight on ourselves as well as putting weight on other people, expecting them to feed those different things, if that makes sense. Oh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely does. You know, so yeah, I can definitely relate to, like you said, that weight. And then when you start chiseling away at it, I like to think of it kind of like, you know how you have a sculpture? Mm -hmm. If you think of it just being a big block, but then if you think of a sculpture, you know, just chiseling away at it to become uh, so that you could eventually become the truest version of yourself. That is just so freeing to me, you know, just that thought, like me thinking of the process of going through, you know, so with the self-confidence, what age you think you were when that all of that started, when you started to realize that uh, what was needed to be there wasn't there? Do you remember what age you were? I was probably 25, 26. Okay. When... and I think it was, it, it was a combination of things, but it, ultimately I had gone back to school. Um, so my, my original background is in fashion design. Mm, I wow. worked doing wardrobe and styling and all right. that stuff in Hollywood. It was mm-hmm. wonderful. I still love it. It is still such a passion of mine. I utilize it in all my work with clients now. But when I lost all sense of self-worth right, and... I was self-sabotaging my career because I didn't think I deserved it anymore. Ah, okay. Um, it, it took me a while. And I so I, I pivoted a little bit and went back to school for rehabilitation services. Gotcha. And with the idea that I was going to make clothing for people with disabilities, okay. I just was trying to find purpose outside of myself. Um, I've always loved helping people. I've always been very involved in that. And I needed mm-hmm. something that felt like I could use my skill set to serve others. Right. And I think in being able to do that to serve others mm-hmm. allowed me to start recognizing what was incomplete within myself. Wow. Just by and serving so it, others, you saw what was missing. Yes. And and so it was like, why, why am I so able to spend this time with this person and mm-hmm. to work so hard to help them see how amazing and wonderful that they are and right. they were? When I am over here tearing myself apart, am I not worth that same love as a child of God? And and wow. in, and it was really understanding then that, and it took me a, a long time to get here, many processes, many um, learning techniques, lots of reading, counseling, studying, lots of things, but to truly understand if my foundation of self-image is grounded in my belief of God, right. then it is unshakable, regardless of my external circumstances. Mm -hmm. So often we are taught that the external is all that matters. How how much money we have, what's our status, what's our income, what's our title. And that's what is talked about as being so important in our world. And you lose sight of, of the true value of you as a human, if you focus on those things. And then the minute the season changes, 
and you don't have control. Like for myself, I put on a bunch of weight mm -hmm. and I no longer found value in myself. The season uh, was different. But the value the never came, came from my weight. The value right. came from the fact that I was a child of God. Amen. And so I've been learning those things. Amen. Yeah. Yes. So you had to go through the process of figuring out where the value came from. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it doesn't mean that I wake up every day and I just am like, never had another problem, right? Sometimes oh, you just still sure. have to self-coach. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. I do it yes. all the time. I am a coach and I self-coach all the time, you know, and I talk to <laughs> <Me> myself. <laughs> yes. I talk to myself out loud. I'm like, Tina, what are you saying? Think about what you're saying right now. And then, you know, because I'm like a stickler with that life and death is in the power of the tongue, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm always taking, paying attention to what I'm saying. And then it's like, mm, no, this is a trauma reaction. And this is from this, this, and this, and I'm breaking it down. And then I'm refuting what my mind wants me to believe. You know what I'm saying? Or whatever it is that yeah. Satan wants me to believe based upon what it is somebody might have just said to me out of their own brokenness. You understand what I'm saying? 100%. Yes. Because we can't control what somebody else says or does. We can re we can control how we internalize it and allow that to take over us. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Yes. And how we react to it. And how we react to it. Exactly. Because a lot of times people will say things to try to get a rise out of us. Mm -hmm. And... I am the type of person where I'm really easygoing. And so people think easygoing equals pushover, <laughs> but it doesn't, you know, and back in the day I was, you know, mm -hmm. and then once, as you mentioned, realize the value, then it's like, no, <laughs> I can't be doing that anymore. Like, yeah, I'm <laughs> easygoing and all of that. And what you see is pretty much what you get. And I'm not going to allow you to run over me. Correct. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Because of your own yes. brokenness and whatever work you need to do, you know, I'm sorry you're going through it and you're not and. running over. Yes. 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 You know, and here's well, my boundaries. <laughs> yes. Here's my boundaries because I believe in protecting what I value. You see what I'm saying? So it's like, if I value my time and if mm. I value my peace and I value my mind, I value my body, my soul, my spirit, I can't allow myself to allow other people who don't value those things to come in and feel like they can run amok. And right. so it's uh, it's a lot of challenging work, but it's worth it. You know, like you said, with the self-confidence and the people pleasing and whatnot. And so when, so you say around 25, 26, when you really realized that, how long do you think it was before it took you to like say, okay, this is an aha moment. Like, you know, you could start feeling a shift and a transition from that like mentality. When do you think that was? I think the shifts started happening very organically before I ever recognized it. Mm. So... I was doing the work mm -hmm. because I was helping other people do the work. Right. I was also doing it for myself, but I didn't intentionally, or I didn't become aware of it mm. until, honestly, until I had lost my dad very unexpectedly mm. and, and things in my life shifted very dramatically, very quickly. Right. And I 
decided to launch a business mm -hmm. <laughs> and not having a clue how to run a business or exactly what I wanted my business to be. Um, I knew I wanted it to be around styling and fashion. That was like, this is a tool I used to serve people with. Right. Um, but there was still always this piece missing because it became, it's, it's so external and there's right. so much of internal that your external is a reflection of your internal essentially. Amen. And so if I'm not also addressing the internal, right. The external is half at best, right? So I agree. I think it was when I was kind of thrown into like discovery of how do like all of my my struggles, my personal weaknesses, all mm. of these things that I was already doing work on until right. I really started honing in on what was holding me back as a business owner. What was then I started recognizing, oh, here are these massive shifts. Mm, <laughs> and, and that's when it started happening like to really fall into place for me intentionally wow. but the when you started the business and then mm -hmm. you had already been serving people and it just kind of started coming together unknowingly i love when the holy spirit does work like that you know and then it's like even sometimes you can read a book and all of a sudden you get this aha moment like this is what i went through and then it opens the door and connects to other things without you even realizing it a lot of times, you know? And I think, oh, when we're, yes. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think that's why books, I think that's why music, they're so powerful because Damn. you find something that's relatable and it hits you and you're like, oh, me too. Yes. And when you stop and say me too, then you have to start asking, but why? But why? Yeah, what you know, happened? And are you okay with that being a me too? Or right. does it need to be something else? <laughs> exactly. Oh my goodness. It's some powerful stuff. I tell you. And once, because it's like once you, like they say, we can't unknow what we know. And so mm -hmm. once we start going down the line and uh, opening up that door, then we're able to just start connecting all kinds of things and integrating them you know, all different things that we've never done before. And it's some powerful stuff because it also helps us to be able to see like, wow, you know, this was the origin of that. Mm -hmm. And then to be able to heal from that. And then also to have it where you're not defining yourself by that because we can keep continuing to do it or we can dismantle the lie from whatever seed was implanted in our soul as a child or whenever it took place, you know, mm -hmm. I call it uh, the family's, our family's love story garden, right? Yeah. And so we got certain seeds that were implanted in our souls. You know, we had certain experiences regarding love. And then what we did, we went on and created, Satan helped us to create lies about love based upon how it was shown to us. You see what I'm saying? And then we just took and took that lie. It became a limiting belief. You got learned stress responses. Then we've got this limited worldview. And then we go around looking for other people, you know, unknowingly, our brain looking for other people to confirm all of these biases and toxic worldviews. And um, we just reinforcing belief systems. Exactly. That, you see what I'm saying? Yes. And that if you just, look for it, you will find it. You will find it. We will find it. If we're looking for somebody to think all of blank, and when I say blank, that's a group of people, 
mm-hmm. are like this, are lazy, um, are uh, unclean, whatever we've come up with from this family's mm-hmm. love story garden, whatever lies came into these, you know, created those confirmation bias statements, our brain is going to keep mm-hmm. on looking for those people. We're not going to be able to find all these people who are in mm-hmm. that particular group who are doing good. Our brain is just only going to look for <laughs> the, these confirmation bias statements that we came up with, you know, unknowingly. Yes. I mean, it's really... It's powerful when you think about just how powerful the brain is and oh, how, know. It, you know, it looks for that familiar. And the familiar is not always good. We know that, right? Yeah. And so Fair what way. would you think? I mean, oh, my goodness. So if somebody said, what's a toxic relationship? What would be your definition of one? I think that's something that's kind of like in my space mm-hmm. where I I on people's development of self-confidence right. and it's very multidimensional. I think toxic relationships are very multidimensional. Okay. There's not one specifically only one thing, but, but I would, my take on it is it's really emotional neglect. Either mm-hmm. one or both partners are feeling some sort of emotional void, neglect, um, hurt, woundedness. And that relationship perpetuates that piece Mm -hmm. as opposed to helping repair that piece oh yeah for sure like you said the relationship itself like Mm -hmm. you said it helps to perpetuate you know kind of like a reinforcement of that it exists and then it just keeps getting reinforced so to speak yes Mm -hmm. and i think and i think some of the interesting thing is a lot of what i see in my work Mm -hmm. is toxic relationships can be with an external person but it can also be with yourself True. And so a lot of the work I do is with the toxic relationship you have with yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and that so is so true. Okay. That's something, like you said, we definitely overlap because I look at both sides as well. As like you said, mm-hmm. it can be with others. We are so quick to think about others, but we can actually have a toxic relationship going on right with ourselves. Like I yeah. said, with these belief systems and that type of thing and reinforcing them on a daily basis just to keep us without, you know, we don't realize that we are, we're unintentionally preventing ourselves from seeing the truth. It's just like, it reminds me of, you know, how you have in word, you have that auto correct feature and our brain is on auto reject for the truth, for the truth when it comes to those confirmation bias statements, you know, and those limited worldviews that are cutting us off and keeping us stuck and in a mm-hmm. state of, I guess I would say stagnation, you know? Mm. Yep. So, yeah, but like you said, having that emotional neglect and those deficiencies and then a relationship just perpetuating it, you know, because nobody's doing the work. Or even if one person starts doing the work, one person themselves, even though they shift, cannot do the work of the other individuals, you know? Yes. And I have seen that very personally. When you Mm -hmm. start to grow and develop of self, it doesn't mean everybody else is going to be growing alongside you. Yes. And and then you have to re like reevaluate. All of your relationships. Yeah. (laughs) You noticed that? Yes. Like something that maybe wasn't toxic before is now toxic to your new growth. Exactly. You know, and you know I, what happens? People will, I don't know if you've seen this, where they'll say, oh, well, 
you know, he thinks he's all of that now, or she thinks she's all of that. And it's like, oh, yeah. no, I've been growing and I'm evolving into the truest and, you know, purest form of myself way back from when, you know, God's whole idea came into being in, the, you know, his image. And it's like, no, I'm not thinking I'm all of that. I've been growing and evolving. I'm not the same person, you yes. know, but people take offense and they also feel threatened by this mm -hmm. new growth. You see what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so what? one pastor I was listening to about a week or so ago, he said the only way for people not to feel threatened is simply just don't grow. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if we want to keep things the way they were with that individual, we have to make the choice of not growing. You know, we can't have our cake and eat it too, so to speak, right? So true. Oh, my word. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is some powerful stuff we're talking about. <laughs> Holy Spirit moment. Now, mm. how do you think, uh, do you think that with Christians, um, that they stay in the toxic relationships for the same length of time, like for so long as like the non-Christians, or do you think their reasons are different? I think there's some similarities, there's some differences just mm -hmm. based on belief systems, right? Right. Uh, I think the overall reason anybody stays somewhere is, yeah. is humans, human nature. We operate out of pain or pleasure, right? True. Um, so if if you are living in a relationship that is uncomfortable, it's miserable, but you're familiar with it, you will stay in that uncomfort, that misery, until the pain becomes so bad, the pain of changing is less uncomfortable than the pain you're living in. Hey, man, I and agree so 100%. I, I think that's just human. Mm -hmm. I think where the shift for like Christian beliefs is a lot of times we are under the beliefs, particularly as women, right, um, of, of constantly serving, of constantly being, you know, um, wanting to make the relationship work and always questioning. And I find myself doing this too. When is it, this is a growing pain, and we need to work on this and it's healthy to work right. on this because right. long-term love requires work. Exactly. And, and But when do you recognize that the other person is unwilling to do work and you were doing the work by yourself? And that's when it becomes incredibly toxic as well, I think. But mm -hmm. I, I think uh, from my understanding of what I've seen with people that have like strong Christian beliefs versus somebody that really doesn't have a belief system like that. Right. They're a lot willing to sacrifice longer themselves. That is so true. Because a lot of times we're taught that love is sacrifice and there's right. reality in that. But oh, yeah. at what point can you put the boundary up that this is no longer healthy? Mm -hmm. And you know what I call it? I like to think of it as I say, that's when grace becomes cheap. Yes. We Ooh, cheapen like grace. You know mm. what I mean? Okay, yes. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it gets to the point where grace has become cheap because of the fact that, like, okay, now it's not so much as you giving the person grace, you're giving the compassion and empathy and all of that. You are being mm -hmm. a doormat. You're being walked all over. And that person is, like, now taking advantage of you. They're taking advantage of the fact. So grace has become cheapened. You know, it's like, okay, I know that, you know, he or she is not going to say anything. You know, they're Christian. Their Christian values and views are going to come into play. 
So I'm just going to keep pushing the envelope and keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And what happens is, like I said, grace becomes to me, it becomes cheapened at that point. Yeah. Mm. Yep. It becomes very much so cheapened. Um, how do you think, um, well, I got a two part question and then trying to see, do I want, but yeah, I got a two part question and then we'll talk about, we'll do some of the rapid fire questions oh. and a few of the things that you do. Now, what do you think causes a disconnect in relationships in general? And then also for kind of like a part B, I guess I would say of this okay. question, how does boundaries play a role? Oh, boundaries is something I actually taught a workshop last week. Mm -hmm. Talked a lot about boundaries and intentional communication. Right. Boundaries are tricky. Um, I think the disconnect happens when kind of some of the things we've already addressed. Mm -hmm. One person is growing and the other person isn't growing or they're growing in different spaces or different directions. Okay. And um, being able to really sit with yourself and as you're growing, bring awareness to what are your non-negotiables. Through this growth, what are your boundaries? Gotcha. And then to be able to lovingly, but clearly, lovingly yet clearly, communicate what those boundaries are. Got you. And then it becomes the question of, does the person in the relationship respect that? Or is there pushback? And can mm. you hold your ground when that pushback happens? Wow. And how much pushback are you going to allow? And so I think a lot of it becomes the fact that we don't sit down and take the time to even ask ourselves, what are our boundaries? What are our non-negotiables? And Isn't what are true? we really Yes. So I think that's where disconnect happens is, is sometimes it happens just the fact that we don't know for ourselves. Right. Therefore, we don't know how to set them for others. Isn't and there's a true? breakdown in communication. Oh, my goodness. That is so good. Like you say, and we don't take the time, you know. What are my boundaries? What are my standards? You know, what principles do I live by? What are my core values? So when we don't take the time to look, look at those things, we are unintentionally aligning ourselves in relationships that are incongruent with those things anyway. Exactly. You exactly. know, mm -hmm. what, like I said, very unintentional and if we would start writing this stuff down and comparing and like, okay, this is what I want in all of those areas that I just discussed. Mm -hmm. Then a lot of times we would go like, mm, this is what this person values. This is what I value. Are we heading in the same direction? You know, can two walk together except they be agreed? Amos three and three. So it's like, are we in agreement or am I just trying to make something work? Exactly. And it's not always that it's in romantic relationships. This could be friendships. No. You know, this could be um, even with associates. This can, this can be mm -hmm. mentor uh, and mentee assignments. This could be other sisters and brothers in Christ and ministry, business, et cetera. You know, because we like to think of just romantic, but we have relationships that we're involved with, even if we're working out at a, we're working at an organization, you know, and we're co-workers Absolutely. and we think, you know what I mean? And I say there's yeah. two ways to really know someone. 
This is just my advice. When you work with them and when you live with them, <laughs> if we don't get a chance to know people in any other way, we will work it alongside them and mm -hmm. living. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, 100%. And like yes. you say, a lot of times <laughs> we set stuff up, but we're already uh, going against our standards and our core values and our boundaries and principles we live by. But because we haven't written them down or even taken the time to think about it, we're just aligning ourselves up with people who may or may not be going in the same direction that we're going. Exactly. Yes. You know, because for some people, and it works for them, but for some people, growth is not important. That's very true. You know what that I'm saying? Yes, it's not the same importance for everybody. Mm -hmm. And or every season of life. Every season know? of life. And then what happens a lot of times, we keep expecting us out of other people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because of the fact that we're <laughs> yes. producing good fruit. We're yeah. uh, concerned about reciprocity, you know, in relationships, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. We're uh, establishing good conflict resolution skills and styles and all of that type of thing. Everybody's yeah. not doing that. And so a lot of times yeah. we assume because we're a certain way, when we interact with somebody else, they are going to reciprocate that. That's so true and so powerful. Being able to recognize that. You know what I mean? And it's like, you're expecting, like, like I said, ourselves from that other person and thinking like, and so I think a lot of times that's why it ends up going into like hurt feelings and that type of thing because of the fact that we're thinking that, oh, this person is like I am, yeah. you know, when they, you know, like I said, what works for somebody else may or may not work for you. And yes. so it's not that you're going to judge what works for another person. And it's not that you're going to judge what worked for you. It's just that sometimes what's work, what works for them and what works for you is not congruent. You know, it's, it's incongruent. And so it's just a relationship from the start that's just not going to work out. But yeah. if we haven't taken the time to ask ourselves the important questions, that's when we're going to run into a problem. Okay, so with the products and services, we'll start yes. back with that question. <laughs> Perfect. So essentially, I offer hybrid services. Okay. I help individuals curate the skill of confidence from the internal perspective. I call that uh -huh. the foundation. Right. And then I help teach people how to package it externally using clothes as a very powerful tool. Oh, so wow. it's essentially you're building your internal foundation and then you're... Okay. For, for business owners, the best way I know how to relate it to or, or people that work in corporate even is the external is your marketing piece. The internal okay. is your foundational piece. Gotcha. So how, how do you want to put yourself out into the world and teaching you how to do that very authentically and powerfully with clothing? Wow, that is very powerful. And you're using clothing as part of a piece and then you're using the internalization process as another part and kind of integrating Correct. those. Is that Correct. Oh, my word. Yes. That is some powerful stuff. I mean, you know, when you think about the work that people are doing in the world, how they're doing it and the frameworks and the methodologies they're using to do it is powerful. 
Oh, it's so incredible to see how people create things. Um, I've done, I've worked in fashion for for 17 years now. So okay. I have seen the best and the worst that this industry has to offer. Mm. And what I started realizing when I was working with clients on just the style piece, right? I also have, you know, um, as mentioned at the beginning, a background in rehabilitation services. So okay. lots of counseling and types, things like that. Mm -hmm. So this was my way to blend. You know, clothes are very powerful, but they can also be powerful in the negative. And if you yes. don't like yourself, clothes just antagonize it. That's it. So how can I help people build self-love, self-worth, self-confidence first, and then clothes become a powerful tool for the good? Oh, my word. That is so powerful because you're right. You can have on the sharpest outfit in the world. And if you are not self-confident, if you don't have the self-love, if you don't have the self-worth and the self-compassion and empathy and grace for self, it's going to show. I mean, you have the sharpest outfit on. People will say something's going on with her. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Yes. You know, I like always... her spirit or his spirit is broken or something. And then you can have something on and it might not necessarily be the sharpest thing of everybody in the room or whatever, which is, you know, we're not trying to compete with anybody, but I'm just saying, but when you might be that type of person where you just like something on the simple, whatever, and that individual could have so much confidence mm -hmm. and have that self-worth and self-love and self-compassion and know who they are in Christ and understand their value. And it's like, whoa, that could be a huge difference between those two different individuals. Absolutely. I think beauty shines through authenticity. Doesn't and it? Confidence is your best accessory for that. Oh my word. Yes. Like you said, that beauty is just shining through when that person has that authenticity and they bring it to the table. You can't touch that with a 10 foot pole, so to speak. Right. Not at all. Goodwill oh, to it won't matter what you're wearing. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Before I do the rapid fire, I will I realized it was one question that I wanted to just get your opinion on. Oh, please. You know, because it's when it comes to relationships and toxic relationships, that is my jam. So mm -hmm. the one question before the rapid fire is why do you think it's important to break soul ties and the unhealthy patterns of behavior? before you enter another relationship. So you got these soul ties going on. You've been trauma bonded to this individual and you got dysfunctional patterns of behavior mm -hmm. uh, from that toxic dance you did. Okay, so now you're thinking about going and dating another guy. Why do mm -hmm. you think it's important to handle all of that <laughs> before you see what I'm saying? Jumping into another love story garden, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a, a great question. I think it's the, you will be on a hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. You will be right back in the same cycle and circle with a different individual. Mm -hmm. You will constantly, because your behaviors haven't changed. Your beliefs True. haven't changed. It's going to be, if not the same exact struggles, it will be similar struggles with same outcomes. Mm -hmm. And it, you will constantly be comparing that other person to the previous one there will always be a benchmark system uh, and you it will not allow you to develop a healthy relationship from that person you're setting that next relationship up for failure i believe um 
there's a struggle to move through mm -hmm. the, the belief systems that we have. And when you have created this toxic system, now that behavior becomes a habit and you just carry your habit over to the next thing as opposed to first, you know, breaking the habit and developing new ones in place. So, so I, I think it's just, it puts you on a hamster wheel versus running forward. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, if the person is lacking that self-awareness piece, oh, yes. they would go into the next one. Oh, well, this man is not working out either. This woman is not working out either. I need to go find another one. Like they're going back mm -hmm. to the grocery store, not realizing they have not uh, dealt with whatever is being used as bait that's causing them to go into that uh, dysfunctional pattern of behavior, if that makes sense. Oh, yes. And I think a lot of what I see with my, my clients <clears throat> is they don't even believe they're worth something better. So it's it's first stepping back long enough to develop the self-worth. Mm -hmm. Because then you get to seek better because that you know you true. deserve better. You deserve better. That is so true. People because, always talk about what's your type. Well, I have right. a habit for attracting these people. Well, yeah, because that's where you put your belief system and what that's you- That's where it is. Isn't that so true? Like you said, that's what a belief system is. And like you said, they talk about the type even with the type, uh, and I've done a few talks on it before, a few Bible teachings, when the type alignment, to me, when your type alignment, when your type is um, over your value alignment, mm -hmm. we're always going to run into a problem. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Because it's like I go back to looking at Samson and Delilah. Samson had a type. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? He liked... Um, the emotionally unstable, uh, seductive women, mm -hmm. narcissistic. He had a type mm -hmm. and both the wife and Delilah used the same game on him about if you loved me and they yeah. did the same thing with wearing him down. Yeah. So he had to correct that bait before <laughs> trying to, you know, like after the first wife, his wife, uh, had he taken the time to look at how she was able to get him to that point, then Delilah wouldn't have been able to use the same exact thing. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? If you Incredible love people. me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where they are able to use his love and loyalty, so to speak, as a bait to get him to do what they wanted him to do, which was give information. Absolutely. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So a lot of times we go back and like I said, we want to go and say, well, I'll just, like I said, we go back to the grocery store with that card again. And like you said, though, even with doing the work and breaking the cycle, if you don't think you're worthy of doing the work, if you don't think you're worthy, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Of having someone else better, you know? And that you deserve someone else better than you. Like I said, we just back with the grocery cart again. Yes. You know, yeah. So that's very important. That was the one question I wanted mm -hmm. to make sure I get in. And well, now I want to, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, I, so talking about from a fashion perspective, mm -hmm. we, 
we often are habitual shoppers. We're not intentional yes. shoppers. Right. We go to the sale rack and we're like, oh, I want something new. Mm -hmm. And you like rummage through and you get home and you like, oh, I already have four other green shirts. <laughs> I need this green shirt. Mm -hmm. We're habitual shoppers. We're not paying attention to the intention behind it. So like mm -hmm. your reference to go into the grocery store, if you're not intentional, if you don't stop and make yourself self-aware of what's happening when you're you know, creating relationships with people, whether they're personal, professional, or otherwise, mm -hmm. you're going to go into the grocery store and shop out of habit. Yes. Isn't that the truth? You're right. It's out of habit. You know, you're looking at your type, <laughs> but like I said, when the type alignment goes over the value alignment, we've got a problem, <laughs> you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you're right. We just endlessly, endlessly putting stuff in the grocery cart, yes. you know, <laughs> right? Yes, like, yes. I know I need those chips. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. And sometimes it's stuff that we don't even need, whether we're grocery shopping or clothing shopping, sometimes Ooh. we're going and just getting because we're trying to fill a void. We're trying to feel that comfort addiction. And the oh, comfort yeah. has to come from the Holy Spirit. The comfort comes from God, but we're trying to fill it with people, places, things, and ideas. We're on that hamster wheel of throwing mm -hmm. people, places, things, and ideas on that wheel, as well as ourselves to try to feel that comfort addiction. And then it's like, you get that new blouse, you get that new sweater, you get those few things from the grocery store and you've eaten them. The problem is still there. The grief is still there. The loneliness and sadness is still there. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, this has been, I'm, I'm telling you, this has just been a blessed conversation. Such a great and, conversation. Oh my goodness. I just appreciate. Oh boy, I love it when the Holy Spirit works like this. I'm going to ask you a few rapid fire questions. Alrighty. No right or wrong. Just <laughs> <laughs> whatever your answers are. What is your favorite kitchen gadget? I don't know if it's a gadget, but it's definitely my coffee maker. Mm, okay, that coffee maker. <laughs> what about five songs on your playlist? Ooh. This one's tough. Mm. I am such a mood listener. Okay. I listen to a lot of instrumentals. Okay. Uh, mostly because I have terrible ADHD. And okay. so lyrics distract me. Got you. So I do a lot of jazz, mm -hmm. um, a lot of like classical instrumentals. Mm. Um, so I don't know if I really have songs to list unless I'm like, you know, in a like trying to get amped up kind of thing. And then I've yeah. got like, C is Unstoppable on mm -hmm. there. Um <laughs> <laughs> you know. Trying to get um, yourself pumped up to clean yes. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I, it's so sad because if you no, pull up my okay. list right now, there's not really songs. It's just a bunch of instrumentals. Hey, but as we talked about us all being wired up differently, right? Yes. And God uses all of that. If it's instrumental, if it's music with words, whatever it is, that's part of who you are, you know, and how you're able to express yourself even through the music, you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. What about three books you feel like you can't live without? Or it might be a few more. Yeah. The, oh, the first one that comes to mind mm -hmm. is called Be Healed. Mm. And it's something I've gone back to multiple times in this journey for myself. It, okay. It talks about the your healing journey of um, it, like, childhood traumas and woundedness okay. and how um, that that woundedness creates behaviors hmm. because we're trapped into a system of the the weaknesses that the devil plays on, right? 
the, wow. and those create behaviors and sin patterns. Mm. So we go and we identify what those are and what that wounded belief is. Mm -hmm. It shows up in our behaviors as a pattern of sin. So, gotcha. um, and so in different seasons of my life, I have found mm -hmm. that to be very powerful to revisit. So right. like kind of walk through my own healing journey on things mm -hmm. each season. It gets a little bit different, a little bit deeper. And right. so I would say that's been kind of a, a go-to for me um, mm -hmm. in terms of betterment for myself. Mm. Um, a book that I would say I can't live without simply because it kind of founded mm. me and my relationship with my, my earthly dad, um, bury, bury my heart. It wounded me. This is an incredibly mm. sad book. <laughs> mm. It's a it's a true telling of the Trail of Tears from the Native Americans' perspective. And my dad was a history teacher. Mm. He taught you know senior level AP students, and one of their projects was they were assigned a chapter. And, okay. and when he was doing this, and I was a little little girl, but I had told him I really wanted to read it, and he was like, "Well, I think this might be above your reading level because I wasn't even reading Cinderella at the time." <laughs> <laughs> So, but he would pull me up on his lap and he would read a little bit to me and my sister every night and he'd mm. talk through everything with us. And that was kind of a very foundational thing for me in books. Wow. I just have a very strong memory of that. Okay. Uh, wow, that um, sounds like a special time you guys were able to, uh, you yeah. know, connect with him and have that love of literature and reading and, you know, the bonding time yeah. as well. And, and just honestly, my first understanding of empathy, you know, how can you hear somebody's story, somebody's journey that's so different than yours right. and still say, oh, like I, I feel that for you and I want to do something for you. Amen. So, um, that was another one that hit me really hard. Um, and then honestly, right now I'm in the process of reading tons of business books just because I am a small business owner and I feel like mm -hmm. I'm constantly trying to figure out how to do things better. Right, right. <laughs> Oh, so yeah. I don't know if I have another like specific third one, but I would say mm. anything that helped me as a small business owner develop better structures, systems, um, different thinking processes. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh my word, yes. Like you said, structure, and I love all of that stuff too. I like to be mm. challenged, you know. And yes. uh, you know, everybody's wired up differently. My brain has always been one that loves to learn new things, you know. And a variety of things. <laughs> what do the answers to the questions you just gave me, what does that say about you, Casey Sullivan? Ooh. Honestly, I think it says that I'm in a season of self-discovery and growth. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very much in a season of self-reflection and adaption. Mm. So... Now that I've gotten to this point where I'm feeling so grounded right. in who I am from an internal value system, from my beliefs and my structure, exactly. how do I externally project that into the world? Man. And, and that's, I think, my biggest goal right now is to figure out how to take all of this and to use it to serve. And I don't have all those answers, but that's definitely where I'm at right now. <laughs> that's powerful. That is so powerful. You know, what are some parting words of wisdom that you would like to give the audience? 
this has just been such an incredible conversation. I think they could go back Thank and you. listen to any part of it and feel movement or hope they feel some sort of movement from from God, from the Holy Spirit. Ma'am. And I, I, I think there's so much wisdom in the words that you speak and there's so much thought behind it. And I think it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. God so is good. I would just say in terms of toxic relationships, start with yourself. You might be in an external one as well, but you won't know how to get out of it if you mm -hmm. first don't start with the one in the mirror. Oh, my word. Isn't that so true? Let the Holy oh. Spirit just take that mirror up. And yeah. <laughs> Put so it right if you in your can't face. first look yourself in the eye and say, mm -hmm. I love me, yes. respect me, I know my worth, yes. start there. Yep, to start right there with the person in the mirror. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's powerful. That is so powerful. And like you mentioned before about the self-love and the self-confidence and self-worth, you know, and then once we have all of those, we're able to have compassion for ourselves for going through all of the trauma and drama and mm -hmm. brokenness and, you know, whatever proclivities we have, because it's so important that we can give ourselves compassion and love ourselves because then it makes it easier because we're aware of our own you know, brokenness and whatnot, it makes it easier for us to be able to give grace and to be non-judgmental towards other people. Exactly. And we can't keep looking, taking that mirror, putting it up and reminding ourselves, okay, we're going to have a hard time when it comes to giving grace to other people. Exactly. You know? mm -hmm. I think so much of people's um, comparison and ugliness towards others starts because when they look at that person and they're comparing, they're not comparing and thinking less of that person. They're comparing themselves and thinking exactly. less of themselves. Yes. But behaviors then come out as judgment and ugliness yes. to the other. Yes. But it's how they feel about themselves, like you said. And then we take that and we mirror that on to other people. Yes. You know. And that's how we're able to say like, wow, that person must really hate themselves if they can just judge and criticize and condemn other people. It's mm -hmm. really a reflection of what they think of themselves. Yes. You know, and it does not, even though that is the truth, it does not make what they did any easier to handle, no. even though it's not personal. Because, you know, emotional abuse is emotional abuse. A hundred percent. Toxicity is toxic. You know what I'm Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. Yeah. So, it doesn't condone it, but it no, explains it. It explains it. Like you said, it doesn't condone it. So we end up with all of these like adding and, and yeah. this is true, and <laughs> that is true, and that is true, all at the same time. Yes. Oh, my word. Yeah, God is so up. good. Yes. Just keep connecting those ands. And, you know, and that's the hardest part about life, being able to look at the both ands, because it's yeah. a lot of them. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I love this person. This person is very creative. They'll do anything for you. And they're jealous of me. They feel threatened by me. You see what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, they're judgmental and critical, you know, and they plan good parties. And, and you know, and, and it's just, you know, like you said, use the word multidimensional. That's how we are, you know, created. So it's like we got all of these things going on at the same time. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. so. Oh, my word. 
Thank you so much for this conversation. This has been just such a blessing. Just such a blessing. God is so good. So much I will
price to give me that life And now it's never gonna fade away When I see I need more of him He whispers the sweetest of mercies upon my ears And I won't go back the way it was again, again